Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Mysticons, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Beatrice Murad. Hello. And Alex Bonilla. Hola. Today we are talking episode 36 of Mysticons Monster Hunt that aired yesterday at 9.30 a.m. Mysticons New Times, a lot of Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. on Nicktoons. Um, check out all of our Mysticons coverage at OverlyAnimated.com. Search for Mysticons Overly Animated on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube, OverlyAnimated.com slash YouTube to not miss any of our Mysticons coverage as we enter the home stretch here for Mysticons. Uh, getting into Monster Hunt today. Make sure you've seen this episode. We'll be getting into spoilers right away. Um, and uh, where could you watch it? Not many places, but Amazon, iTunes, uh, Nick.com. Please put them on your site. Anyway, okay, let's uh, let's talk Monster Hunt. Uh, Beatrice, what did you think of this episode? I really liked it. I mean, it was fun. I'm, I kind of know, like, I know the next episode is the one I'm really looking forward to. So keeping that in mind, I was like, okay, any, like, it's fine. I don't mind sort of a like filler episode. I know that it's going to get really good next, next episode, but, um, but it was a lot of fun. It was really cute. And it's a Piper focus, which is something I don't think we've had a lot of lately, um, so I'm glad that we got more more of her and her relationship with Zarya. I, I wish that we had gotten a little bit deeper with it. I wanted a little bit more, you know, because it's true. Zarya kind of just forgot about Piper. And I'm like, bro, like you guys were super, super close and super tight. Like you guys were like each other's buds. And now that you have a sister, I don't know. I just don't like sometimes how blood kind of is taken as like the most important thing. Sometimes it's the relationships you create outside of family that are important. So it's kind of like, I wanted more, I, I don't know. I'm not happy with Zarya and how she's treated Piper. I think Piper was completely in the right. And I just, I don't know. I, I But I really enjoyed the episode. And I think the, uh, I don't remember the creature's name, but he, I don't know, he kind Ziggy. of. Ziggy, he, he, he was really cleverly designed. And I think he, he reminded me a lot of, uh, kind of this kind of these like kind of wacky like forest creatures that you'd see in like a Miyazaki film or something. So I'm, I like Ziggy a lot. Yes. You heard it here first from Beatrice Piper justified in faking her monster attack. Justice Uh, for Piper. (laughs) Justice for Piper. And Uh, you know, I love, you know, I, I love me some Zarya, but right now I was just like, Zarya, come on. Like, why are you being so mean? Like she's your sis. Like, even if she's not related to you, she's like your little sis. Like, why are you like ignoring her? Okay, Beatrice endorses Crying Wolf, gotcha. Um, Let's see if Alex also endorses that. What do you think of the episode, Alex? Uh, I don't endorse the trope. I feel bad that Piper, who we we try to justify as being smarter than she appears, but being the one placed in this position of, oh, hey, there's a fake monster. No, it's not real. Oh, but now there's a real monster. Uh, we don't believe you anymore. Like, I feel like that trope is given to the least trustable characters. And I don't want to think of Piper like that. Piper is a good character that should be on equal footing with the other ones. But anyway, like, also with Piper, I think that she is a good character. This is, a, a, in the end, I think a net good positive episode for her. And I wish she got more interaction with Zarya because the uh, same with Beatrice. I wanted to get into that, like the changing relationships within the the Mysticon the group there. But we don't really get it until the realization at the end of the episode. But I think Piper herself, she, she's fine in this episode. I actually really like the Vetsicons. I think that the Vetsicons in recent episodes have leaned too off to the goofy side. And because of that, we don't take them as seriously as the villains as the show is trying to position 
position them. But at least in this episode, especially Mallory, like the the, the menace is a little bit extra in this episode. Like they get to threatening Piper, like uh, blowing up the bubble and making the Snarwitch do their bidding. So like, I think the Vetsicons here do well in their role of being villains while at the same time still maintaining the funniness. So because because of how the Vetsicons improve in this episode, I think that that's what makes this episode a little more special in this uh, recent batch of uh, Vetsicon-specific episodes. Okay, yeah, that's a good point, because um, the Vetsicons in this episode uh, literally attempt to kill Piper. This <laughs> is very dark. <laughs> yeah. One of the darkest moments of the show, I think. And yeah, so the, I, I agree. They're a lot more threatening here than they were. This is a good episode. Um, I had a lot of, I had a lot of high hopes for a Piper centric episode before the end of the run here and, um, didn't necessarily get as much, as much depth, didn't get into any sort of backstory, but it was still, uh, fun seeing, uh, Piper at the center of things. Uh, I think like the most exciting thing in the episode is the beginning and the end, the end especially, like, some big plot stuff happening. Very uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, We're excited to get into that. Um, but uh, other than that, the uh, Ziggy, uh, Ziggy and Piper, good, good stuff there. Like Ziggy, uh, the Vexcons were good. Did not like Proxima sleepwalking, although that was only a small and sleep dancing. Sleep Thank dancing. you very much. Yeah. Although that was only a small portion of the episode. So it's more like a D plot. So that's fine. But um, we haven't mentioned the highlight of the episode, which is Zarya or Zarya drawing Kitty in the sky. Oh my god, I freaked out. I saw that and I'm like, that's a taste for next week. Like, give me all the moon boon. Give it. Got the moon boon. Can I say that M trying to work the stick and then blinding herself? That that is me in so many levels. Like (laughs) I am very impatient trying to work, get things to work, and then I just end up hurting myself. This is very common. Okay, so you're relating M's the relatable one. More more of that with with here. I am just getting shocked throughout this episode in various different ways. Yeah, um, it's a painful episode for him. Um, yeah. Um, can, but- can I just say also, just very quickly, like I really yeah. just appreciate how it's so overt that Zarya and Kitty are a thing, and everyone like just doesn't comment on it. Everyone just like, I I don't know. I was I, if maybe if we were in a place in society where things could be more overt, people would be like like would like someone would tease Zarya about like oh like wonder why you're drawing her in the sky, but then. But also, I appreciate also that everyone's just like, yeah, they're together. It's fine. Or like, there's something there. Yeah. On one hand, you'd like it. This is more of a next week discussion. On one hand, you'd like it if the show um, like Overtly com- comments, com- commented right. on them yeah, being romantically paired. At the same time, though, I do think there's a lot of um, like validity and meaning into it just being a thing alongside the straight ships, like which is yeah. what the show has done. Like it's been right alongside the other ones and it's been very consistently shown. So I think that's meaningful in its own right, too. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it's approached down the stretch. But, um, I think it's, I think this episode's not as good as the last two weeks. Um, it's just, there, there's, like, the biggest fault is the same thing as every other episode. There's not a ton of depth there. Like we were talking about the, we didn't really get into the Zarya and, and Piper, uh, friendship. And, uh, you know, there's not, not much behind the Piper portrayal in this episode, but it, it's, it's still fun. Even if I'm looking, I'm definitely looking for more at this point in the show. You know, it's the fifth to last episode, but at the same time, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's the setup to the end game. It's not the actual end game. So. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into, to Monster Hunt here. And, uh, our, our A plot, I guess, involves Piper with the, uh, the crying werewolf, as, as we say here. Um, do we have werewolves in the show? We've wear dragons, Beatrice, don't we? Thank you. Yes, we do. We have wear dragons. <laughs> oh, no. And someone said, someone mentioned something of like, 
cry werewolf. No, yeah, you said it. Cry werewolves. Yeah. I'm assuming they they do have werewolves in yeah. there. It's just the like fantasy. I'm assuming they have vampires. Like they have fairies. They do have, have vampires. Right? Yeah, I guess. I guess if you get one fantasy trope, you get them all. Um, yeah. But, yeah like, so- it's not just one fantasy trope. They get like all these fantasy tropes, but then they don't have werewolves or or vampires. It's like, no, no, you have all of them. Okay. Well, we do mention werewolves. And uh, yeah, I think I think the episode Foundation is from a very typical kids show plot of one character pretending uh, to have something bad happen to them for attention. You know, we've seen this a million times across animated shows. But I think as with always with Mysticons, it, uh, it very quickly gets past that and moves to deeper levels. Or I don't know if it's even deeper, just more fun in different levels at the very least. Um, so I think that's kind of a minor part of the episode is, uh, this, this Piper, uh, you, you know, faking this attack because then she quickly meets, uh, this, this crazy creature Ziggy and you have the Vexcons there. Um, so I, I feel like, I, I feel like it didn't really bring it down for me, the tropiness of the core of the episode. Whereas, um, you know, in a different show that, that might have, uh, what do you think of that, Alex? Yeah. I mean, the, the little twist, I guess, is that the Zarya and the, and the Mysticons try to fo- follow it up. Like, Hey, let's go look for the monster then. And like trying uh, the idea to teach her a lesson. So I guess that's a little different than just go walking away. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess that the episode is just kind of focused on other things and it kind of throws that by the wayside and just at the end, like, Oh, we should have believed, we should have believed you. We should have been better friends. Like it, it all gets tied up very neatly, but, uh, I, even for the little time it gets dedicated, I'm I'm, j- I'm just not a fan of Piper being the one to be put in that trope personally, just because I think that that's a a character that we we should be a little a little bit more advanced with at this point. Yeah, I mean it's definitely going to be Piper if anyone of this group that's what her natural role would fall into. But it, but like Piper is a character who we in particular like want depth from um because all she's maybe gotten less so than the other three and um putting her to a, a typical trope from like you could have done this plot with piper in episode one right so it's, yeah i mean it's it, it's based on this new plot development with arcane and zari being sisters and i do think that like as you guys got into right away i do think it was like warranted and it's like a good read on um how piper would react to to this to the the, the new situation and the new dynamics within the group um at the same time you know it's not you know you could have done this with piper right yes yeah, so we haven't we haven't gotten that far in that way what did you think of uh of, of this reaction from piper beatrice I mean, the reaction again because also she's she's even though she's older than them, she's really mentally she's young she's the youngest and it, it fits with her character. Um, and what I appreciate, even though it's yeah, it, it's a trope, but something with Mysticons is that they very clearly are like, oh, you cry werewolves, like they call it out. They're like, yes, this is something that is always like this is very obviously something that we're we're expecting, and then they do their own thing with it. Um, so I mean, I think she. You know, given her 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 maturity level, like this was like a very in character thing to react to. And the thing is, it it wasn't even like what I appreciate is that she didn't even trick them, right? They didn't even come and go, "Oh my god, you're in trouble." It's like they're like, clearly, you're not in trouble. Like they already knew, and then they still went because they're like, "Okay, let's like help her, or whatever." Um, but yeah, I just think it it she did. She it fit with her character and I don't know. I just I wanted I don't know. I'm s I am I, I think I think it's not that I, I I'm for crying werewolf. It's not that, but I do think like Zarya needed to like stop being mean. 
Yeah, it's, so. it's good. It's good. We had to address this and then reconcile and apologize at the end. Because um, did she? I mean, she did, but also like throughout the entire thing, she was like, "Piper, you're being ridiculous and stuff." And it's like, is she like show some compassion to this young girl that you like kind of adopted under your wing, and then you just kind of abandoned? Like, come on, Zarya. Like, you're supposed to be the older one here. Okay, I'll defend Zari here. I think that Piper was being ridiculous. Um, and she did apologize. And it's just, you know, this is as emotional as Zarya is going to get here at the at the end. So I think this is a, a true apology from her. Uh, also, let's be realistic. It, it, sure, it's an annual camping trip. But Zarya says that they ha- didn't talk about it at all this year. Maybe because they were all busy and stuff. So, like, if you've made plans for a night, then, like, it, somebody can't just spring a trip on you. Like, hey, Sorry, tonight, tonight's like, the night. Listen, like, listen. Like... Can you 100% confirm that in previous years, they did talk about it? <laughs> okay, so how about, how about this? Can you confirm that there, last, last year before Arcana and Mysticons were a thing, that Zarya and uh, and um, Piper were like, oh, let's completely plan this trip. If it's something they always did, they're like, oh, hey, it's today. Let's go. Like, you know, so can you say 100%? Yes, we, we can that, say that. No, uh, but look, they're, they're Mysticons now. Their lives are very different. That's the main so thing. So they weren't doing anything. They were drawing stars in the sky. Yeah, you like, think we'd have some more uh, urgency with Proxima, but I guess that's not important. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's no urgency with Proxima. So I'm like, if, if Proxima isn't really going to be like, if we're going to spend several episodes not really taking Proxima seriously, then I think it's fine for them to go on a camping trip. I honestly think the episode would have been a lot more interesting had they actually gone on a camping trip and then talk things out. Like, clearly, like... Yeah, we we kind of went camping. I know, kind of. But had they actually gone on that annual camping trip and then had it been that, that Zarya was too much focused on Arcana and not enough on Piper and suddenly that made was what made Piper mad and then suddenly there was like drama there and tension there, that to me would have been a more interesting, more like in terms of like depth, it would have done something more interesting than say the Cry Wolf storyline. But hey. Yeah, but I think I think as we got into, I think the show uh, just has so much else going on that right. uh, it's 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 not too important ultimately. Um, but yeah, the, to whatever extent they reconcile, um, the, yeah, we, the the camping trip, uh, Piper with her electric uh, mandolin, and uh, she is singing fantasy fied versions of traditional folk songs. Um, uh, okay, so Alabama is this a real place in the Mysticons universe? Okay, well, so she's just singing "Oh Susanna" and turning it into uh, into Mysticons. Uh, version um oh, and that completely flew past me like i i again i didn't grow up with these songs so i yeah, was like oh that's I, like I, a that's I, yeah i'll admit i had to i had to look these up i could you could i could tell these are traditional folk then you'd oh susanna and then later you had uh, on top of old Smokey. she's singing too with the um the, uh, lost my poor snork ball um which i like that lyric but um yeah very interesting choice here <laughs> piper singing folk songs i guess that fits her character and um she's she's the mandolin it's 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 fun seeing her play with the uh with ziggy when when the ziggy with the banjo yeah they spend and... a good like 20 seconds having a duel <laughs> <laughs> did you like that alex uh, i i enjoyed that i wish it was longer like it, like just stop the show for an entire like 60 seconds and just sh- like show guitar playing back and forth i i, I mean like fine let's do this <laughs> yeah oh by the way back to alabama we've established the the uh our world is a different dimension and we've gone to that so i guess alabama exists in, in, in yeah in, in, alabama exists but there's alabama it's just a, a folksy twist on it uh elfy okay. twist on alabama these they these universe these alternate realities and universes have synergies, you know, these different dimensions. So I'm assuming that say like like um 
the MCU's happening here. Well, then something's happening over there that's similar. You know, there's like an echo type of thing happening. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's what's going on. But yeah, oh, oh, Susanna is for I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. So that's that's what we're doing here. Um, but yeah, Elf, 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 Alabama. Uh, we, yeah, we get, we're getting caught up on the, the thing, but that is a good portion of it. What about Ziggy? Um, banjo bellied Snarwitch, uh, going into Mysticon's pantheon of interesting fantasy creatures. As Beatrice brought up, um, very Miyazaki creature. He is, uh, in, from my perspective, just a version of Totoro. Yeah. Um, he's the same shape of Totoro. If you look at the colors, the white and the brown um, are the exact same. I have a side-by-side of them here. Um, yeah, very, very much just a Totoro-looking creature. Um, and uh, But he has a banjo on his belly. Interesting concept. And uh, he was uh, very nice with Piper and their BFFs. Yeah. Well, although he snatched him, he he snatched Piper from behind. Like that. That that's kind of that's kind of feel a little weird. He's being playful. He's like a, it's like a two year old or something, right? With but except he's a giant, uh, a giant creature. And you got to be careful with giant babies. Yeah, giant. Exactly. He's basically just a giant baby. And uh, I thought that was uh, sweet. Uh, him him interacting with Piper and uh, the Vexcons. Terrible, terrible to Ziggy. Um, what about justice for Ziggy here in this episode? Uh, I mean, he he defends himself pretty well. Like at the end, he, he shoots that giant energy beam out of his belly. Like he doesn't need anybody to defend him. Yeah, it's a, a new new trick from Ziggy at the end. So uh, I love, I do love the climax of this episode. This is a really well put together episode because we get the uh, they get the song from him, and then the Vexcons do their normal special attacks. Um, and they aim them at Piper, who's frozen, aiming to <laughs> cut her into ice cubes, as they say. Like, literally, they're trying to kill Piper here. Yeah. Is, yeah, they are. I don't know if we've had a blatant death reference like this before. Maybe we have. But this is this is dark. And um, then the Mysticons, as usual, try to counteract their special attacks, except Piper's frozen. So one of them gets through, um, which I thought it's... Well, was- I, actually, no, no, because it's three it's three Mysticons versus three Vetsicons, because oh, we also yeah, left right. Earth at home. But Why the thing is... Well, Kasha is smart because her her Shadow Panther, it, she doesn't aim it directly at them, but she makes it go up. So that way it avoids the three Mysticons all going straight. So you're saying Kasha, I, Kasha is a master strategist. Is yeah, saying. I think that Kasha is just a little bit smarter than the other Mysticons. Okay, let's here. get into this. What, what Other than this, what indicates that Kasha is smarter <laughs> than the other Mysticons? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, she did. She, in terms of uh, in the video game when she went up against Zarya, she beat Zarya, even though Zarya is a really good player. So, I mean, she's good at strategy, at least in the game. And then this oh. shows that in the fight, she's also a good fighter. Uh, also, er, earlier in this episode, Will, uh, Willow makes a lot of noise, and Kasha is the one to shut her up because uh, Proxima is sleeping. So there as well, okay, right. Kasha is showing strategy. So the master strategy here is she aims up with her attack. That's the <laughs> that's innovation. Well, like, look at what the Mysticons are doing. All I mean, they're doing is aiming straight. <laughs> and not just that, but like Dylan, you need to understand. Like they've been doing the same freaking attack for like the entire show. It's yes, always the true. whatever. So it's this isn't a type of show where you're gonna get very creative like attack so lifting the arm up and aiming it somewhere else that to me is revolutionary yeah that's it is it's a revolutionary tactic from cash and it gets through but then ziggy jumps in the way and absorbs it and then fires it out of his belly kamehameha style back at, at, yeah. at uh, okay times. yeah so was was that absorbing the energy i was all, uh, wondering also if it was just like him activating his rage or something like <laughs> getting like uh, activating some hidden power within him 
Yeah, that could, I mean, it, it could have been. I definitely took it as like absorbing and then refiring out the energy. Um, but you know, he could have just been angry. It's another thing it could have been. Um, we, it's <laughs> a similar question we've gotten to with Yang Semblance and Ruby. Anyway, um, this <laughs> interesting comparison. But yeah, that, I thought, I thought that was a great climax there with Ziggy saving, uh, Piper and the Mr. Vexcons being very ruthless there. Um, and, uh, other than that, we just had, uh, Ziggy, uh, flying around, making this noise that he makes. Um, yeah, that's all. He's, he's he great. eats a lot. Yeah. Not, not the, uh, the wood sprites though, which Willa eats. Um, I was very perturbed by Willa eating wood sprites in this episode because we, <laughs> we saw them in episode 10 before and, uh, they're like a menace to Chaco and everyone else. These wood sprites are a big deal. Willa just eats them. <laughs> And like, they taste good. Like, wow, Willa is crazy. Willa is this, is this evil, uh, I guess she's an imp, this evil imp, but, uh, I don't know. That was, uh, that's intimidating. But like, also they, they look like fireflies. So like, they have to be tasty. So you're, you would eat wood sprites, Alex. If, if I was a flying small creature, then yes, like they're, they're easy to get and they look nice. So. Yeah, but they, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the episode should have emphasized more how much of a menace they are, but, uh, as like the previous one. But yeah, I feel like uh, they would put up a fight here. It, like even like um, what, what what's uh, I'm just I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Matt Mallory. Like she's like oh they started doing terrible things to my hair. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, we don't they're, they're, like in this episode they're just acting like they're flies. Uh, like sure that that doesn't that doesn't seem that out of the ordinary to me. Yeah. So that was a, it was a big showing for Willa. So she was doom booming all over the place. That was another thing. Um, <laughs> Which they which they treated it as a word for fart, but then also that's her attack. So yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting. Okay, uh, let's talk the big plot stuff here with uh, with Proxima and the mask here. In the I was I was so hype for Mallory to put on the mask. I was I was so excited, <laughs> and it's, it was like it was really definitely like it was a good kind of like. Uh, um, like a psych kind of moment because Mallory and Proxima have like the same style of hair. So you'd think like, Oh, like that could easily fall into Mallory and then it'll be fine. Like it will be like an easy transition in terms does, of design. Does, like does, it would does fit. Hair, like, does it, hairstyle determine the fit of the mask? In a way, I was just thinking like, oh, maybe they're doing like kind of like a, a foreshadow when they first introduced her. I'm like, oh, they have similar style. Maybe now it's going to transition to her. And that's what they were trying to hint at in a way just through the design. But then it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I'm just number one Mallory fan, and Mallory with the mask would have been incredible. Like, I was like, wow, this is going to justify the Vexcons who've been kind of useless. <laughs> um, but then, no, we do something potentially even more interesting, which is uh, the mask forces its way. So earlier in the episode, Proxima is like, I'm, she's done with the mask. She regrets putting it on. She wants uh, to throw it back into the rift. She only wanted revenge, um, not to destroy the whole realm. And then uh, the, at the end, the mask uh, forces itself back onto her. And she goes into like this possessed mode uh, with her white eye and her distorted voice. And she says, I have been reborn with one purpose to destroy the realm. I've been reborn. Beatrice, what's going on here? I mean, it means that she back. Who? Who's she? Necrofa? Yeah. Is is, is this Necrofa talking? I mean, here's the thing, though. It's complicated because at the same time, it's like. Isn't the pro- Necrofa like Proxima, where it's like she's just kind of like she what she was after her own selfish desires, and then the mask took over, or is it Necrofa the actual mask, and we don't know who was behind the mask when we were first introduced to Necrofa? There's just a lot that can be. 
I don't know if it's Necrofa is the question. It's, right. I just think whatever evil it was, she back. There's, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no definitive answer here. So we're going to be speculating because it's not clear what the mask is or what the ancient evil is. What's your, what's your read on it, Alex? Yeah, my read is I remember when Necrofa was destroyed, we were like, well, that was kind of quick and we never actually learned anything about Necrofa. So this is just Necrofa 2.0 and giving us another opportunity to dig into Necrofa. Like that, that, that's all I see this as like, we're just restarting the Necrofa plotline again. See, but like, will Necrofa actually like be, I don't know. I, I just, I want it. I, I don't know. I want there to be some, I feel bad for Proxima. Like I want there to be something special about Proxima where like, oh, Necrofa, it's when she's like with Proxima, who's like this powerful mage. It's when she's with Proxima that boom, she can actually get things done. Like poor Tasma, but also like it's with Proxima that she actually is effective. Maybe. I don't know. You, I don't know. Yeah, or like so, the, the mask is more effective because Proxima has this background maybe, in being a mage sort of Maybe, thing. kind of, I guess. Like that's because, Pro- I, I don't know, I just, I want Proxima to be more, or portrayed as more powerful than she has been in these past couple episodes. Like no one takes her seriously, so I'm like, okay, well now the mask saw the potential in her. For, like, you know, so well, maybe well, it's... Well, also the thing is that Proxima in these past couple of episodes, we, we've... Uh, was rejecting been, the mask. It, well, it has been rejecting the mask, and it's been talked about that her only aim was at the Mysticon specifically. So, obviously, like, whatever power she had was being expended on very specific targets. Whereas Necrofa, the reason we were impressed by her was because, like, she was doing mass attacks like, the entire city because her right. aim is, like, destroying everything. So, what if we're going back to that, then at least that gives Pratsima more... Um, more tar- more targets, more motivation, uh, more sinister motivation. But then you also have to think, well, this isn't Pratsma anymore. This is just the mask. So, like, uh, mm. uh, uh, like this is back to the old character we were used to. Yeah. Right. So the thing that's clearest to me is that um, this clarifies that Proxima was in control to a certain extent from uh, until this end, the ending of this episode. Um, like, because she said she's just going based on her motivation to attack the Mysticons. Um, she's not trying to destroy the realm. She's, she has her eye. She has her voice. You know, this is this is her to whatever extent. Like, she's influenced by the mask, but she is autonomous. And then at the end of the episode, I believe this is not Proxima anymore. Um, like, I think, I think that's the clearest thing. Like, it was Proxima yeah. before, and now this is Proxima being possessed. So it's, it's, it's like, it's not her. And that's why I, the, the voice says, I have been reborn. Um... So we're kind of like ending the Proxima plotline here, and she's just a, a vessel for either Necrofa or um, what I believe, which is it's the the uh, Spectral Hand ancient evil magic, which we've been hinting at this whole time. Uh, going back to the end of the original Zarya Kitty um, episode, the Pirates one with Captain Chaos, they have this... Uh, this the sim the necrofa symbol on the monument at the end and uh it's like ooh a cliffhanger and we haven't really gotten back to that yet it hints at some sort of ancient uh, ancient magic right um, and bringing this back gives you another opportunity to dig into backstory if that's something you want to do before the show wrap, wraps up mm-hmm. and like i think i think the important the important distinction is not necrofa but the thing that was possessing necrofa like that's the big question like is necrofa this ancient lich or was she just someone who got possessed by the mask, just like Proxima is? Because again, this brings up this question: Proxima, 
we know who she was before, but now at the end of this episode, she's, she says she's possessed. I've been reborn. Like, uh, this, the, the question this raises is, is that what just what happened to Necrofa too? Cause the, she, there's a mask on her and then the mask came off. We didn't see who she was before that, but, um, maybe she wasn't just this ancient evil force. Maybe she was just possessed too. Um, the same way, the same way Proxima has been. So I think that's, um, what I'm most interested in getting into, hopefully very soon. And, uh, yeah, I do think it, gives us a vehicle for getting into that. I think definitely um, the favorite would be getting into the evil behind the mask and Necrofa and not necessarily bringing Necrofa back because, you know, we resolve Necrofa like I just, just just story structure wise. I feel like Necrofa is not going to be our final boss again. Um, I think it's like um, vague sense of ancient evil and somehow tied to the dragons, I hope, because that's going to come back into play. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just this. This definitely is setting us up for. Um, whatever end game we want to we want to move to here, and uh, with the spectral hand, ancient evil in play, uh, possessing Proxima, although only with half the mask. So is it le- is it less powerful? Then uh, I think we can go in a lot of interesting directions. Yeah, I I really want to get the uh, meet OG Necrofa. I still am pitching that that plot line. <laughs> um, that'd be very exciting, and um, I, th- I think we could I think we could do that in the next two episodes. That'd be very exciting. So. Yeah, end end of Proxima as as a plotline here. I don't know. We'll see. I assume we'll have some sort of resolution. Maybe she uh, once the mask comes off, she's uh, at the end of the show. She reunites with the Mysticons. They apologize to each other and uh, honorary fifth Mysticon Proxima. <laughs> uh, an- another question that I think of at the beginning of this episode, like uh, Proxima is fighting off being possessed and like. During the half possession, she's like put, uh, putting the Vetsicons over the lava pool to <laughs> destroy them. So, like, is this going to result in the Vetsicons breaking away? Because the, at this point, they're like, okay, we're, we're, uh, she's, she's going to destroy us. And, like, uh, are the Vetsicons going to be able to become their own independent thing? Or are they going to end up joining the Mysticons begrudgingly against uh, this new new threat? Or, yeah. like, I, I think the Vetsicons now ha- have opportunity to shift in their role in the show as well with, with the conversion of Proxima here. Yeah, I good have point. a theory. Yes. I have a theory. So, um, Vexicons, they're the ones who are going to die. Vexicons going to die. Why? Yeah, because they are the ones that are disposable. They were created by Proxima. So they are easily, I feel like because they were just something that she created herself, it wasn't like, oh, like they were, I guess, of a natural kind of, birth i guess they're much more easily able to be taken away so like for instance if say if something happens to proxima would they disappear you know what i mean because they came from her and her magic so if she's gone and her magic's gone are they going to keep being so it's kind of like this thing of she could easily i could see i could easily see say the whatever it is whether it's the the the, whether it's necrofa or not getting annoyed with them and just like waving her hand and them being gone. And if anything, it could be maybe Eartha sees her sisters being gone and maybe Eartha's the one who stays and she runs to the Mysticons and like survives and because she's the one with like the good heart or something. Because I don't see them being like kind of begrudgingly like, I don't know, like I I e- I could easily see them being used as this thing to, per- to, to that the show uses to show, oh, there is death. There is consequences. There is... This is these these are the people that we're going to set up as like the tools to show that Necroft or whatever, whoever it is, is serious and is dangerous. And there are consequences and death is a, is a thing. And not just that, but because they came out of nothing, 
them disappearing, the only thing that affects would be either Proxima, who's under control, and no one else. I mean, the people, maybe the, the Mysticons, maybe for a second, but not necessarily like they don't have families, they don't have people, whatever. So there wouldn't necessarily be a consequence to their death. It would just purely be a death show used to show the heaviness, the seriousness of the situation. So I think just in terms of like a from a writer's perspective, it's like they were created so that they would be killed in a way. Yeah, I could see that happening. Whereas like they're they're killed for stakes. Um and uh, it might make sense that if Proxima's gone or I mean, they're still there for now and Proxima is gone. So that makes me think that's not the case. But um, yeah, I don't I don't really know what their role would be as we're shifting towards a, a, a higher evil. Um, they seem they've they've seemed inconsequential for a while. And uh, I feel like that's only going to be more true if we're getting into um, the thing that's even more evil than Necrafa, you know, which was way more of a, a menacing threat. So, but yeah, right. in- interesting to see. I could, all, yeah, I could also see them turning, like Alex said, to uh, maybe work with the Mysticons because you're right in the beginning of this episode, um, uh, ancient, ancient evil uh, possessed, uh, uh, possessed uh, Proxima is, is kind of uh, threatening to kill them. So that's uh, maybe they're, they're not a fan of her. And, you know, they're working to, in, to subvert Proxima even, even here. So Mallory's kind of been doing this for a while. Um, yeah, maybe Vexcon Mysticons team up in the finale. We'll so we'll see. Look, I have yet to get fully a Tasma Mysticons team up. And if the Vexicons get a team up with the Mysticons <laughs> before Tasma gets a team up yeah, with how the does Tasma fit I'm going to be this, very so. upset. Yeah. Well, well, what I if Tasma managed- has kind of been in a globe and that's not okay. Like she deserves better. I was all excited when she like escaped the globe for a second when she became a zombie. And I was like, oh my God, like here's it. She's going to escape and it's going to be a thing. And no, she just. Went back to the globe because I guess she got attached to the snowman. I don't know. Point is, like, <laughs> I am not. Too. I I need. I need. I need more Tasma, and this is not okay. Well, look, p- pitch. Tasma grows up again. She's back to her normal self, and she so. decides to attach herself to the new Necrafa. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would what? Yeah, that's true. If Tasma is given a choice, if she gets freed, would she go to uh, ancient, the most ancient evil, or probably, would she go? Probably. Yeah. yeah, she would. She would. She would. But that's why we love her, because she would. That is, that's why we <laughs> love her? That? Okay, yeah. Unclear. Okay, so we will see, um, as we're getting down to it, uh, what's 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 going to happen with all these characters. The big Tasma uh, cliffhanger, right? That's what we're all anticipating. <laughs> but, by the way, does anybody remember who Malvaron is? I, I sometimes ponder that. He hasn't I mean, really been in the show recently. He's been yeah. disappeared. And again, I'm like, that's something I don't necessarily like about the show. It's like, okay, here's like a character that you've established a relationship with him and one of the main characters, like the main character, arguably, and nothing. And it's just I kind would, of like. like I, 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 would, I would prefer this to more <laughs> Malbron. Well, I'm so. just saying like if they're if they actually if we spend so much time building up this thing, like give me some form of payoff. We just kind yeah, of. Yeah, no, well, I, I, he'll, be, he'll be in the last the last episodes, you know, he's going to do stuff. So we'll see what that is. And I'm sure Doug will do stuff, too. Um, see, Doug, I don't need, but it's fine. Okay, so you, you need I – mean, they're a package deal, Beatrice. You gotta, I know, I guess. They're a package deal. <laughs> okay. So next week, the highly anticipated The Princess and the Pirate. Yeah. Um, Zarya, Zarya and Kitty find themselves in over their heads when they unearth a powerful treasure that was never meant to be discovered. So, so is, is, is this potentially a Captain oh. Chaos follow-up? Right. It, it, on, the, on the surface, it definitely seems like a follow-up to that last Captain Chaos episode. Unclear if Captain Chaos will be in it, if we're dealing with the same sort of island as before, but yeah. Do you it, know it, what that treasure is? It's love. 
That's <laughs> Why was it never meant to be discovered? Because love is so hard to find. So it was just so it was so powerful. It's true love, you know? It's the whole if we're going with like fairy tales and like um and all this stuff, like it look, if werewolves exist, then true love magic exists. And that is the true love magic power that they were never meant to discover because it is so powerful. And then that is gonna be the secret to like defeating this spectral hand and stuff. So I would like to subscribe to this fanfic. Um, and I write so many fanfics in my head. It's a problem. Yeah, that's well, no, not a fanfic because that's what's happening. Zarya and Kitty focused episode next week. Um, then the week after, I think this title is more relevant after this week's episode, Eternal Starshine of the Mage's Mind, um, which before I thought was just a, a typical movie uh, pun. But Mage's Minds, um, could we be inter- going inside Proxima for the battle of control of her with the Ooh, <laughs> I like yeah, that. So, some, you know, something like that, because I feel like Proxima's mind is now very relevant now that she's been possessed. So that title maybe has more meaning. Um, yeah, so very interesting. Next few weeks here, last four episodes of Mrs. Khan's Princess and the Pirate. Get ready for the moon boon. It's happening. So moon boon. yeah, we'll hopefully have Delaney back to cover this uh, this vi- vital moon boon piece of of episode. So let us know what you thought of Monster Hunt. Uh, YouTube comments uh, overlandminute.com slash YouTube or on our website at overlandminute.com. Beatrice, any final thoughts on this episode? Um, it good, great. Uh, it's it's a solid episode, but I mean, I'm just so excited for the next one that it's going to probably easily uh, cover. Like it's going to take over my mind. So this one, it was fine. Much it could have like, been. It like Proxima. It could have been better. Yeah. I will say this: it could have been. It could have been better. But, but me wanting me wanting to be me wanting it to be better would also mean me wanting it to be a different episode, like completely. It would be a different yeah. thing. Okay. So for what they did, they did it well. Yeah, be, uh, much like Proxima being possessed by ancient evil, Beatrice has been possessed by the moon boon, and uh, yeah. yeah. As as all as all of us have, Alex. What's your uh, final thoughts here? Well, I think that Pratsima she that she protrudes that she's angry because of the Mysticons that being jealous of them. But I think what she's actually jealous of is the fact that she never had good enough dance moves to compete with Novateron, and I I think that's a shame. That really dancing is all that she ever wanted to do in life. Oh yeah. So any uh, yeah, this is a very Alex plotline. Any any thoughts on stirring the cauldron or doing the nightshade? Yeah, those are solid dance move lines. Um, I'm very I was very perturbed that she was dancing on the edge of a lava pool. Like that that's that takes some some skill. Um, but yeah, and Earth is just like, what what is going on? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> as all of us were were reacting as well as we watched that. Like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Okay, so that's a, that's the part of the episode Alex connected to the most is the sleep dancing. It was a very strange aside, but at the would, same time, I think it works for how seriously we view Pratsma, which is not at all. So it, it fits well. That's <laughs> true. Character. Would you would you like to stir the cauldron at, at the next time you're on the dance floor, Alex? Hmm, that's a good question. Is it like? To, well, I, I guess it's better than raising the roof. So uh, <laughs> okay. <it's probably laughs> An improvement. That's a. This is that's your dance. That's your dance move reference point. Is nineties uh, <laughs> raising the roof dance moves. Okay. I um, mean, stirring the cauldron. It feels like something I'd see like an eighties high school thing. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty pretty straightforward move. <laughs> stirring, stirring motion. That's what she's doing. 
we'll, we'll have to take a deeper dive into the, all the missed guns dance moves. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let us know. Uh, would you like to stir the cauldron or do the nightshade? Um, <laughs> the, 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 comment that as well. And uh, check well, out. Who, who's the best Mystacon dancer, do you think? Uh, we, we, we've had dancing Piper. scenes before. Piper dances Piper. a lot. Piper. Yeah, I guess she's very flexible. <laughs> Yeah, check out uh, yeah, gymnastics, stuff like that all the time. Uh, check out overlandmade.com for a bunch of podcasts this weekend, including Marvel Rising Initiation, Beatrice hosted, uh, yeah. more DuckTales coverage, Craig of the Creek. Find all that at overlandmade.com. And uh, oh, yeah, Discord, overlandmade.com slash Discord. Mysticon's discussion, as always, support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash overlandmade. Thank you very much to all of our grand patrons. Special patron podcast, Jamie, a.k.a. Mailman. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Uh, back next week for Princess and the Pirate. Uh, see you guys then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. It's tag bye.